On Rosh Hashanah, we're going to continue Rosh Hashanah Perak Bet Mishnah Dalit. We're talking about the Mesi'in Mesu'ot. So I'm going to say right now that this Mishnah is, oh, let's read the Mishnah, I'll tell you. Ma'ayin you Mesi'in Mesu'ot, from where would they light the fire? Har Mishcha, Mishcha is oil. So that's Har Zetim. So that's where they were at the Beit HaMikdash. Har Zetim, just L'Sartiva. That went to Sartiva. Umi Sartiva L'Grofina. Umi Grofina L'Chavran. These are all names of places. Umi Chavran L'Beit Biltin. From Chavran to Beit Biltin. So these are all places. I have no idea where they are. I just want to point out to you something really, really interesting. That if you, okay, if you look at Mechlel and Herzog, just search for this. Okay, that Moshe Rosenfeld and Yossi Spanja, oh, I know Yossi Spanja. They did, they did this whole study, doing a topographical study of trying to figure out where were these things from? Here, where are the mountains? How many intermediate? Because they said it's impossible to get from the Gemara. It's impossible from get to get from, from to from Eretz Israel to Bavel in two steps in this few steps. And the Bartunura says that in the end, what they were trying to get to is the Gemara said that in the end they got to Pumpedita in Bavel. They were getting all the way to Iraq, and it's impossible to get all the way to these different places. So they suggest how many? Where? First of all, they don't really know. If you look at this, you can see carefully. They don't really know where Sartava is. So they say maybe it went from here to here to here to here to here. And maybe this is Sartava. They don't really know exactly, like if you could see it also how clear it is on a clear night. It's very difficult to see nowadays how far away it is. So if you really want to do research, you should just search out this article and then you'll find out, okay, how, how long it took them to get from all these places. And up and down, so the whole exile was one big fire because what the person would do is, and when they got to Pumpedita and Bavel, everyone would take to show that they know, everyone would see it, they'd start, they'd all go with their torches to the top to their roofs, and then they, like, everyone would see on their roofs. So I have to show you, this is like my favorite scene. This is a scene from Lord of the Rings. The reason, I don't think you can be able to hear it, but the reason why this is fascinating is because the Mishnah says, you, you probably can't hear it, I'm going to mute it anyway. The Mishnah, this is Lord of the Rings, and in this story, in the Lord of the Rings, it's really fascinating. In the Lord of the Rings, what happened was that they wanted to get help, they wanted to send for help from another place, and the king did, I don't want to send for help. So he steals in, if you know the story, you know the story, but this, this, this little uh, elf, as it were, his job is to light the flyer against the will of the, of the monarch there. Let's go back to our Mishnah for a second. That guy's telling him what to do. It's, it's running, but you're not going to miss anything. Remember the Mishnah said, as we've learned two Mishnahs ago, Kutim, the Kutim, they ruined the process. What did they do? They lit the fires in an inappropriate time. They lit it in, because they wanted to ruin the whole process. They wanted to ruin the idea of, uh, they wanted to ruin the idea of the, of, 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 uh, the Chazal and the Kiddush HaChodesh and the Chazal sent. So what they would do is they would light it on the wrong time. So this is like a, such an incredible illustration of this idea. Here he's calling for help against the will of the monarch, meaning anybody could light a fire. So if anybody could light a fire, that ruins the whole process. Just look for Lord of the Rings lighting of the beacons if you're really interested. There you go. Once you see it, once somebody lights the fire, nobody knows who lit the fire. Nobody knows, did the Chazal lit the fire or did some Kuti light the fire? I just love this scene. As soon as I saw this scene, I saw, this is the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah. This is like a, an unbelievable thing. You can, I don't know, I will see, we'll just get a little illustration of how long it's gonna, it's gonna go. It's gonna go for another, another minute or so. Okay, and as you see, once you light, once it's lit, then the people uh, down the road, 
don't know that somebody who wasn't authorized to light it, lit it. And in this, in this movie, what happens is, ultimately, you can see what happens is that the, 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 the armies from far away, they're like, oh, they called us for help. We're going to come help. When they really, the guy, the king didn't want them to come for it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But it shows you the vulnerability of this system, but it also shows this beauty of from this place to this place, from that place to that place. You see in the distance, they lit the fire in the distance, and then every station along the way is lighting this fire, this torch system, to send the message to the Gola. I think that the, the Lord of the Rings people, either they had this in mind, I don't know, somebody, some Jewish person in Hollywood saw this in Mishnah and said, i got to put this scene in, or he just did it so that I could illustrate in Mishnah Yomit this incredible idea of the Klunz, of the Masin Mesuot, and how in the times of Chazal, how they would send a message, it's going to come to the end, I think, in a minute, how they would come to a message, and here you see the end, here they are in Pumpadita, and they see the light, and they say, ah, oh, it's Rosh Chodesh, all right. all right. I think we'll stop here and dedicate, I think we're recording, dedicate our learning to the memory of my father, Rav Semper Ben Yitzchak Kalman. Have a great day.